0: Saul commands the death of priests of Yahweh, while David flees from the relentless pursuit of the enraged king. On the Bible Brief. Tell a friend about the Bible Brief today. Your recommendation can help your friend learn the Bible in a new way. Tap share on your podcast player and share your favorite episode. David saw the priest approaching the camp. He could tell that the man had been seeking David for days, but the forest camp was well hidden. Since leaving the cave of Adullam, David and his men had traveled to a few potential places of refuge before they'd finally settled for a bit here in the forest of Hareth. Somehow, the priest had learned of his location and was approaching with great haste. As he drew near, David couldn't help but read his face. He was coming with grave news indeed. Abiathar the priest soon came to David and told him of tragedy that had struck Nob, the city that had temporarily hosted David and provided bread from the tabernacle for his men. Abiathar's story began with Saul and the man from Edom named Doeg. Doeg had been in the town of Nob that same day David was there, and he had caused this trouble to fall upon the town. Apparently, when opportunity arose to gain favor with Saul, Doeg decided to tell Saul that he saw priests of Yahweh harboring David and giving him provisions. And Saul's anger began to boil at the priests of Nob. Abiathar continued to recount the story as it had been told to him. Then the king sent to summon Ahimelech the priest, the son of Ahitub, and all his father's house, the priests who were at Nob. And all of them came to the king. And Saul said, Hear now, son of Ahitub.' And he answered, "'Here I am, my lord.' And Saul said to him, "'Why have you conspired against me, you and David, the son of Jesse, and that you have given him bread and a sword, and have inquired of God for him, so that he is risen against me to lie in wait, as at this day?' Then Amalek answered the king, "'And who among all your servants is so faithful as David?' who is the king's son-in-law and captain over your bodyguard, and honored in your house. Is today the first time I have inquired of God for him? No. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to all the house of my father, for your servant has known nothing of all this, much or little. Ahimelech defends his innocence before Saul, as the king verbally tears into him, accusing him of treason and of harboring an enemy of the state. Ahimelech essentially says, Why should I not have helped David, since he's your son-in-law and honored even in your own house? News apparently hadn't reached Nod concerning David's status with Saul. Further, back when David was there, he had told Ahimelech that he was on a secret mission from the king himself. The priest had no reason to question David's words. Ahimelech hadn't done anything wrong. But Saul's anger clouded his judgment. Saul said, You shall surely die, Ahimelech, you and all your father's house. And the king said to the guard who stood about him, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because their hand is also with David. And they knew that he fled, and did not disclose it to me. But the servants of the king would not put out their hands to strike the priests of Yahweh. Then the king said to Doeg, You turn and strike the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned and struck down the priests, and he killed on that day eighty-five persons who wore the linen ephod. And Nob the city of the priests he put to the sword, both man and woman, child and infant, ox, donkey and sheep he put to the sword. Saul has no understanding and no mercy, and he commands the slaughter of all the priests of Yahweh for their apparent assistance of David. Yet Saul's command falls upon fearful ears. His men had followed his orders for years, but this time it was different. This time Saul had asked them to do something unthinkable in Israel. They were to do what? Kill the priests of the Lord, the ones who served in Yahweh's tabernacle. The men of Saul stood in solidarity and refused to follow the king's command. They were Israelites, and they would not kill the priests of Yahweh. Doeg, however, the Edomite from outside of Israel, obeyed Saul's wishes. That day he struck down 85 priests of Yahweh, a despicable act from a man who valued the king's favor over righteousness. He himself had seen David deceive the priests and that they were not betrayers of King Saul. He knew their innocence, yet he slayed them. Saul hasn't had enough blood, though. Next, he commands the total devastation of the city of Nob, Both man and woman, child and infant, ox, donkey, and sheep, he put to the sword. This was the punishment for a city reserved for enemies of Israel that should never have come upon a small town in Israel. In fact, Saul was commanded by Yahweh himself to do this exact devastation upon the Amalekites years prior, a command which Saul disobeyed. Apparently Saul was happy to devastate an Israelite town for his own satisfaction, but wary to obey the voice of the Lord himself to devastate an enemy. Abiathar finished his account to David, explaining that he was one of the only survivors of the city of Nob. David felt a pang of regret and of anguish. He knew that if he'd never gone to Nob, that none of this would have happened to all those people. He finally said to Abiathar, I knew on that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me. Do not be afraid, for he who seeks my life seeks your life. With me you shall be in safe keeping. Saul's anger at David had now one of the greatest costs of life the life of every person and every animal in a city, the life of 85 priests of Yahweh. But Saul didn't get the blood he wanted, he was still. After David. Soon David and his men leave the forest of Hereth and save an Israelite city from Philistine invasion. But rather than earning the thanks of Saul, he continues his campaign to take David's life. We read in chapter 23 verse 14 that Saul sought David every day, but God did not give him into his hand. Saul continues his relentless pursuit of David, but Jonathan is somehow able to visit his friend in the wilderness Jonathan encourages David, saying these words Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul my father also knows this. Jonathan makes his clearest statement yet to David that Jonathan himself will not seek the kingship after Saul. Instead, he sees that God has made David the next king. Surely this visit from Jonathan refreshed David. It had been at least a few years since he'd seen Jonathan, and his friendship meant the world to David. After this, David continues to flee Saul from place to place, until he comes to the stronghold of En-Gedi, an area near the Dead Sea that contained rock formations and caves. We read this beginning in chapter 24. When Saul returned from following the Philistines, he was told, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En-Gedi. Then Saul took three thousand chosen men out of all Israel and went to seek David and his men. And he came to the sheepfolds by the way, where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Here is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. David finally has his chance to defeat the man who's been trying to kill him for years. The man who thrice tried to impale him with a spear. The man who had commanded the slaughter of the priests and the people of Nob. The man who had taken his life away so that he had to live like a fugitive. And what does he do with this chance? Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. And afterward David's heart struck him because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe. And he said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my lord, the lord's anointed king, to put out my hand against him, seeing that he is the lord's anointed. So David persuaded his men with these words and did not permit them to attack Saul. And Saul rose up and left the cave and went on his way. Afterward, David also arose and went out of the cave, and he called after Saul, My lord, the king! And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the earth and paid homage. And David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of these men who say, Behold, David seeks your harm. Behold, this day your eyes have seen how the Lord gave you today into my hand in the cave. And some told me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not put out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, see the corner of your robe in my hand. For by the fact that I cut off the corner of your robe and did not kill you, you may know and see that there is no wrong or treason in my hands. I have not sinned against you, though you hunt my life to take it. May the Lord judge between me and you. May the Lord avenge me against you. But my hand shall not be against you. David does what can only be described as incredible. He takes his opportunity for vengeance and gives it up in favor of attempted reconciliation. Rather than take the life of Saul in the cave, he instead provides evidence that he has spared the life of Saul, proving that David had no intention of killing him. Not only that, but David showed his faith and his respect for Yahweh in refusing to kill one who was specifically anointed for the position of king by God himself. Saul had shown no such faith when he commanded the slaughter of the anointed priests of Nob. David here shows what type of man he is. A man of faith who will not take the throne of Israel by force, but will trust in Yahweh alone to give him the kingdom. And soon Saul reacts to this incredible display by David. Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have repaid me good, whereas I have repaid you evil. And you have declared this day how you have dealt well with me, and that you did not kill me when the Lord put me into your hands. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him go away safe? So may the Lord reward you for the good that you have done to me this day. And now behold, I know that you shall surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. Swear to me therefore by the Lord that you will not cut off my offspring after me, and that you will not destroy my name out of my father's house. And David swore this to Saul. Then Saul went home, but David and his men went up to the stronghold. The contrast between David and Saul couldn't be more stark. David was a fugitive, and yet saving cities of Israel like a king. Saul was king, and yet distracted from his duties in his bloody pursuit. David was a man unwilling to lift his finger against an anointed one of God. Saul's rage caused the death of 85 anointed priests. David spared the life of his bloodthirsty enemy. Saul sought the life of an imagined enemy. Before the 600 men of David and the 3,000 men of Saul, David demonstrated his superiority to Saul. David continued his rise, even as he was on the run from the king. And though there was temporary peace now, it was peace that wouldn't last for long. Soon Saul would be back to his ever-returning rage and unfaithful actions. And before long, Saul would seek a witch. A witch to help ease his fears. Join us next time as the Philistines aggressively rise against Israel. And when Yahweh is silent, Saul does the forbidden. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2023